0: Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc Shoto UMC or on our website at umshoto.net if you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry you can find more contact information on our website and again that's umshoto.net we're so grateful that you are joining us this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it grace and peace to each of you I hope that you are all doing better than I am today and I thank you for your understanding on having to cancel in-person worship services today, but I am very grateful to continue to be able to worship from home and be able to record online services despite not feeling very well myself. Um, As I think most of you probably saw, I have had some pretty severe reaction to my second COVID vaccine but um excuse me I am very grateful still to have gotten the vaccine and a couple days of feeling under the weather is definitely worth it in order to be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus so it's a joy to not feel good because I know that that means the vaccine is working in my system. So without further ado, I invite all of you to join me for our online worship service. Um, I would like to open us up with our call to worship. I will slide over this way so that I can put the words up here on the side. It will be responsive, and I hope that you will join me from there at home. It's the Sunday after Easter the resurrection is now in our past and we are alone with our faith. Thomas said, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and I put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Easter is past and we are alone with our faith. On this Sunday after Easter, Help us grow into the faith that we confessed and celebrated last week. Reveal evidence of your resurrection for the days when we feel that we are alone with our faith. Now, if you would please join me in our hymn of praise, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. let uh-huh. At this time, we come to a time of our service where we share our joys and sorrow and concern. One prayer request that I would ask that all of you continue to hold in your hearts and in your prayers is the families of those who have lost loved ones over the past few weeks. Just please continue to pray for them as they go through their grief and continue to reach out for them and be there for them. I also continue to pray for those who are in the hospital and the long-term care facilities. Um, Restrictions are being lifted slowly so that they can have visitors and I would encourage you if you know somebody who is in the nursing home or who is in one of the assisted living facilities to go visit them or send them a card, say hello. I know that they would love to see you. And a joy that I want to lift up is the wonderful Easter services that we were able to celebrate last week. We had a beautiful sunrise service. We had a beautiful service over in Brady and one in the Shoto Sanctuary. And this week as we move into our time of prayer, I am very excited to be able to share with you a small video from some of the images that were taken out at the Sunrise Service. So I hope that you all enjoy this short video as you prepare your hearts and minds for prayer. In just a moment, I will invite you to take a few moments for your own silent prayer and meditation and then as we get ready to talk about Thomas today, I will be leading us through a congregational prayer for doubters and then following that, we will join together for the Lord's Prayer. So at this time, let us pray and please take a few moments for your own silent prayer and meditation. Lord, you call us to be people of faith, yet we are often people with doubts. We doubt that love can grow again in relationships where anger and bitterness reign supreme. You know the strength of love and the power of prayer. Help us to be faithful lovers. Where there is hatred and where where there is racism, you know that peace can be grown there. Help us to be peacemakers. This morning, Lord, we pray for people who are filled with doubts, who wonder whether you exist and whether you are listening to our prayers, who wonder what this whole community is about, we pray for people who doubt the purpose of life, who wonder whether to end it all, who face feelings of meaningless and despair. Even when we have that sinking feeling, give us the wisdom to turn to you. Lord, we want to believe, help our unbelief. Give us faith, small as a mustard seed, so that we can be your faithful people. Serving and believing in your power to save, believing in your power to reign supreme, believing that we can share this good news with everyone that we meet. Lord, today as a congregation, we thank you for being able to worship together. We thank you for the technology that brings us together when we are unable to be together in person. We continue to pray for the pandemic, for all of the effects of it. We continue to pray for the hatred that is seen so often in our nation and in our world. And Lord, we also continue to pray for those who are grieving their loved ones. I pray that you comfort them and that they find peace. In you and in the memories of those that they love and Lord we thank you for hearing our prayers all of them that are spoken and those that we hold in our hearts and in our minds as we join together now to pray the way that Christ taught us to pray in unison saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Our scripture reading today comes from John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. The first part of this is when Jesus appears to the disciples. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And then the second part of this reading is about Jesus and Thomas. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands, and I put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The final part of this scripture is the purpose of this book. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have his life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. on Easter Sunday I began a new sermon series that is based off of the lectionary and comes from the UMC discipleship resources the new series is called living the resurrection I really enjoy doing lectionary-based sermon series because I feel like it gives us a chance to really dive into the scripture and to just go a little deeper in our understanding of the Word of God. And so today, I hope that that's what we get out of this, a new understanding about Thomas, about our own doubts, but also A new understanding in the ways that Jesus comes to the disciples after the resurrection. You know what though there is a lot that is going on in these verses. In fact there's really too much going on in these verses to cover it all in one sermon unless you guys want to sit and listen to me for about three hours or more which Thankfully for you, I'm not feeling the best, and even if we were in person, I wasn't going to keep it that long. We will come back to some of the big points that are brought up in the scripture later on throughout the year and over next sermon series. Today we're going to, of course, focus on Thomas, as it's Thomas's words, unless I see that this message is really based on. I do want to point out a few of the interesting things that happen in this servant or in this scripture. One of them is the Pentecost version of John that says he breathed on them and said to them receive the holy spirit. That's pretty subtle, pretty calm compared to the fiery tongues and gusty winds that we read about in Luke's version in Acts. I think that that will be a fun one to come back to and dive into as we get closer to Pentecost over the next few weeks. Something else that really sticks out to me in this scripture is in verse 23 when it says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, then they are retained. Pretty sure that scripture alone, just that one verse has caused centuries of abuse of power from the hierarchy of the church and even sometimes call caused self-righteous Christians to think it's their job to be judgmental or to point out specks. conveniently overlooking logs but hey he said we have the power to determine what sins are bad ones and which ones don't really matter at all right no not at all that is definitely not what that verse is saying and so while it does stand out to me it stands out because I wanted to point out that that is not what is being said in that scripture or in that verse so when you hear it please uh, Start thinking about that because that will be one that I come back to at another time as well. Then there's also those curious verses at the end of this scripture reading that seems to open the doors to all kinds of different stuff. Maybe it's possible that Jesus kind of, sort of, just wants us to think for ourselves sometimes. That we have to really take his life and his teaching and apply it to the stuff that he never took the time to tell us about. Or maybe, you know, John kind of left that point at the end when he talks about there was more that Jesus did and we didn't take the time to write it down because That's the opportunity for us to apply it to our own lives. Someday we'll probably come back and cover that more as well. But right now, what occupies my mind and my thinking this week are those doors. Those doors that they talk about in the scripture. On Easter evening, those doors were locked. Locked because of fear, John says. They were locked up tight. The disciples were locked in. They were behind those doors. Maybe they had piled up furniture in front of those doors. It doesn't really say. We don't know. But we know that the disciples were scared. They did not want to be found. They didn't want anyone to get to them. It was very likely that none of them were moving very much. They probably didn't want anyone to hear them. They were truly in hiding, huddled up, hunkered down. Behind the doors, who was all there? Who were the disciples? Well, we know for one that Thomas was not there, but what we don't know Is exactly who is there because when when John talks about the disciples he's not always talking about just the twelve when John uses the word disciples it's kind of a slippery term he rarely talks about just the twelve because John is interested in a much bigger crowd at one point in time, Jesus sent out 70. So who knows? Maybe there's 70 people, or maybe there's, you know, 68 people at this time behind the doors. We don't know, but there could have been quite a few followers of Jesus locked behind those doors. It's very likely that maybe some of the women were back there too. The ones that went well beyond the 12 that we're used to hearing, or thinking, when we hear the word disciples. So what we do know, is that there was a lot of followers of Jesus. There was disciples, they were locked down and they were scared behind those doors. Minus Thomas. Thomas was not there. As I think about some of the conversations that might have been happening behind those doors, I wonder if Mary Magdalene may have been there and what maybe some of those whispering conversations might have been like as they hid out back there in fear of not understanding what had happened. Maybe Mary is debating with one of them saying, it was him. He is alive. I saw him. I know it. Yeah, sure, Mary. Maybe maybe some of your demons have come back just saying. <laughs> Didn't you really think it was the gardener anyway, Mary? I mean, you have no idea who it was, do you? It was early. You had been up all night. None of us had slept. Maybe you were dreaming, Mary. <laughs> I imagine Mary arguing, saying, no, it, it was really him. He said my name. Remember how we talked about that on Easter? He said Mary. And instantly she knew it was him. You know, I also imagine that Mary probably reminded Peter and James that it was them who ran to the tomb on Easter morning. They came running to the tomb. And what did they see? They saw nothing except for the linen. And we were reminded last week on Easter Sunday that the other disciple and Peter saw and they believed. And they went back to the place that they were. Even though they saw and they believed, they didn't fully understand. That was something that we read at the end of the scripture last week. They didn't fully understand. And I think that all of the disciples didn't really fully understand, which is probably why they are there, locked behind these doors in this room that they did not want anyone to find them in. But Jesus came. That's what John said. He said that the doors were locked and Jesus came. How did he come in? We don't know. It doesn't say he, it doesn't say if he was ghost-like and came through the doors. It doesn't specify, but Jesus got in there and he came there and he said, peace be with you. He had to say it twice to them because the first time they didn't hear it because of, well, fear. I imagine to them that Jesus probably was like, you know, come on guys, it's me. It's really me. But instead, he understood, Jesus understood, and he showed them his hands, he showed them the holes, the scars, he showed them his side. And at that point in time, as he said, peace be with you, they believed. They knew it, and they finally believed. They understood completely that it was Jesus. When Jesus had told them that they would see him that's exactly what happened now at some point in time Thomas comes back so they must have unlocked the doors or Thomas knew how to get in it doesn't really specify how Thomas came back but Thomas does show back up and they tell him that we saw the Lord but Thomas says to them yeah sure I I don't believe it unless I see the nails." The holes in his hands, unless I touch them, I'm not going to believe. So about a week later, the doors are still locked. They're all still there hiding out. They are all still very scared. Jesus shows up again. And when he shows up, he shows them all what they need to see. Remember, that's... The whole easter proclamation he tells us that he's going to go before us that he's going back home he's going to be where we live he's going to be where we work and there we will see him and that's what happened thomas saw and he completely believed now i want us to think about this a little bit i want us to think about the times in our own lives that Maybe we have been very much like Thomas. I think all of us are very familiar with doubting Thomas. That's what he's known as. But some of us might be like the other disciples too. Maybe we continue to see the ways that Jesus shows up in our lives. Maybe we continue to see the scars, those healing scars, the ones that come and calm us during our times of fear. But even though we see we don't always believe, and sometimes, for whatever reason, we try to lock our own selves away. Maybe we try to hide. Maybe we do something in our life that is shameful. We don't want others to know about it. Maybe we don't feel like we can connect with what is going on in the rest of the world. Whatever it is, there are times in our lives that we do try to shut ourselves behind locked doors, like all of those disciples. And then there are other times in our lives that we are just like Thomas times in our lives that we literally say, I do not believe what others are telling me. I do not believe in what I have heard. And so unless Jesus truly shows up and stands before me and gives me a real sign, only then will I believe. Unless I see, only then will I believe. And Jesus never fails us on that. Despite our own doubts, Jesus will still show up and he will show us exactly what it is that we need to see so that we are able to see that God has never forsaken us, that God loves us, that he's always there. No matter what doubts or fears we have in our lives, as we come down from Easter, Easter is always a high point in our Christian calendar, in our Christian journey, and sometimes the Sunday after Easter is actually called Low Sunday, and sometimes that's what it feels like. It feels like Easter's gone, and now what? Now what do we do? As we go into this next part, this next chapter of the Christian year, I want us all to know that it's normal for us to get hung up on maybe not believing as much as we did on Easter Sunday. Maybe some of that growth that we felt during the Lenten journey starts to fade. Maybe we begin to doubt But I want to remind all of us that Jesus promises that he will continue to show up in our lives. Jesus continues to work in our lives no matter what. There is nowhere that you can run to. There is nowhere that you can hide. No matter how much you try to lock Jesus out of your life, he will always be with you. Always. And my hope and my prayer is that each of us will be able to see him. This week, I want to remind all of us that Jesus doesn't like locked doors. We can try to shut him out like we shut a cat out on the wrong side of the door. We can try to act like we don't see Jesus, but Jesus is persistent, very persistent. He will keep knocking, he will keep banging on that door and he will come through. And in our darkness, he appears. He appears with a shaft of life and light that is almost blinding. And he says, peace be with you. Amen.
1: always do. Create us anew. Give us the bread to eat the...
0: to thank all of you for your understanding today about me not feeling well and thank you for joining us online i am looking forward to feeling better hopefully soon after another day of rest and if there is anything that any of you need please don't hesitate to text or call i will still have my phone around all day and of course all throughout the week if you have any prayer requests and now. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Go forth in peace.